again to the organic football podcast and we are uh back we have been grinding through the divisions uh got to get that information out to the people to the fans uh let them know the fantasy knowledge bombs that we're dropping and uh you know we have arrived at our final division and uh, i would say we saved the best for last we're gonna hit the nfc west but before we get there i'm gonna go ahead and uh introduce my co-hosts uh, send it over to Brad first. What is up, Mr. Smithers? How are you today, buddy? You ready to talk some fantasy? Oh, I'm always ready to talk fantasy, Mark. The question is, are you ready to talk fantasy? Uh, I'm always ready to, uh, well, I'm always ready to do something, but uh usually involves the sticky icky icky. Oh, wait. I'm sure we'll find a Put it in the way to mix some of that in, though. We always do. But uh, yeah, man, you know, fantasy football is good, too. <laughs> Uh, all right, Brad, uh, send it over to our other co-hosts over there, Rich. How you doing today, uh, buddy? Is it a Sunday fun day for you, bro? Oh, hanging out. Had a nice relaxing uh, Sunday. You know, it was a good day. Um, ready to talk some fantasy football. I'm definitely excited for the NFC West. I think it's uh, maybe the, as you said, I think at the end of last week's episode, the NFC best. I think it is possibly the best division in football. So definitely excited to talk about it. I, I, I I, I think it's the hometown division basically for most of us and um, ready to talk about these guys. Oh yeah, man. This is going to be a fun division. Uh, obviously being based here in Arizona, uh, we have, we are invested quite a bit in a lot of these players and teams and uh, coaches we're going to talk about. And also, I mean, you just look at these four teams and uh, can't really say any of them is a, a bad team. I mean, they all have a lot of fantasy potential and uh, star potential on there. Well, Seattle, so, uh, we don't like Seattle. <laughs> Yeah, they're garbage. No yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, we, don't, we don't like Seattle. I definitely respect the organization and the talent, though. I mean, they're, they're, yeah. they're top-notch. But Yeah, I can't, I'm not really thrilled about their coach. But everything else, I'm a, Russell Wilson is top-notch. He chews gum uh, a lot, Pete Carroll. I'll say that much. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. So, uh, Rich, but before we get into it, man, uh, we did want to uh, remind the fans that we have some uh, social media set up at this point. And also, uh, you know, we are streaming on uh, Apple Podcasts and Podbean and maybe a, a couple other uh, platforms. Uh, so what do we got going on these days, Rich? Fill me in, man. All right, man. Yeah, uh, no doubt we're on the socials on Facebook and uh, Instagram, Organic Football Podcast. Look us up. Uh, same thing. Yeah, we're, we're streaming on Apple. We're streaming on Podbean. Uh, the good one now, we're um, streaming on Spotify as well. So look us up on there, Organic Football Podcast. We're up on Spotify. Uh, we're kind of waiting on our clearance on iHeartRadio, but that's shortly. So we'll be pretty much on all the big ones. Easy to look for and easy to search it up, whichever one you used. Come, come find us, hit subscribe, and hit us on the socials and hit likes and follow us up. I appreciate it. Start having fun, fellas. 
Yes, sir. The OFP is taking over the whole world, it sounds like to me, man. <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, we are going to continue grinding through these divisions, guys, and we have arrived at the finish line. It feels good, and uh, this is going to be a division that up and down, these rosters are extremely talented, extremely deep, and uh, just the, the fantasy potential, the star potential, possibly another Super Bowl contender coming out of this division. I mean, when you look at the 49ers and the Rams, I mean, they were in the last two Super Bowls representing the NFC. So we are uh, about to get into it, though. We are going to hop on the I-10, Rich, and head west. Everybody jump in the magic bus. We are heading out to L.A. We're going to talk about the Los Angeles Rams and uh, this football team, guys. Um, like I said, two short years ago, they were in the Super Bowl. Took a little bit of a step back last year, but I'm going to uh, start, I guess, at the quarterback position. Brad, Jared Goff, I mean, he has the potential to be a stud. He faltered a bit last year. Do you think he's going to uh, maybe pop back into the top 10 of fantasy quarterbacks this year, bro? No, I don't really see him being much fantasy relevant. I, I don't know why, but it kind of feels like the Rams have like a rebuild kind of feel to them. You know, like they're going to go through and nothing really impressed me about them. I actually find them to be at the bottom of the barrel. So I'm kind of staying away from the Rams this year. All right, Rich, you got any thoughts about uh, Jared Goff? Is he uh, is Jared Goff a guy that, I don't know, I, I see the potential in him, man. Uh, definitely took a step back last year in his uh, progression in his career, though, I think. He had that really hot year uh, two years ago with Sean McVay. And last year, it kind of seemed like some defenses figured him out. But uh, what do you think, Rich? Jared Goff's a guy who needs time. He needs time to throw the ball. Um, so I think when you get into it and you look at it, he needs that really solid run game. So when Todd Gurley was nice and healthy and run the ball 25 times, oh, yeah, it sets him up real nice. Tons of time, really sucks in the safeties. You get to where he's at now. He's got a run game, which we'll get to shortly, that are they really sure of what they want to do back there? Um, are they are they confident in any of these backs, really? I think the answer is going to be no. So my answer on Jared Goff would probably be no. This guy has the throws, but he's got to have the time. So I, I, getting to where down the road, you know, that, that offensive line has gotten older, gotten shaky. They've lost players in free agency. I think he's losing more and more time in the pocket. So uh, to me, he's, he's a, a steer clear of that kind of guy. Right on, man. And uh, so we will talk about those running backs because, yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley has departed. He went to the Atlanta Falcons. The infamous Todd Gurley has departed. One of my favorite players of all damn time. Uh, <laughs> but, no, they uh, they did get the uh, running back in the draft in the second round, Cam Akers, out of Florida State. So, you know, a second round running back, um, he'll probably compete with Daryl Henderson for the job. Just hard to see, you know, without that dynamic force of Todd Gurley when he was healthy, you know, how is this uh, Rams offense going to be? I mean, uh, you're looking at Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, Rich, you know, I know you're the rookie collector, man. Is Cam Akers a guy you think might pop this year? Uh, it's going to be tough, man. This year's going to be tough about the, the rookie running backs, rookie wide receivers, rookies in general. Um, just this offseason is going to be a hindrance, man. So, while Cam Akers, I have seen this kid, he's out of Florida State, very good running back. I like him. He's really elusive. Um, you just did, John Gruden. I like him. I did. I like him. I like him. 
I do like him though. Like this kid, I mean, he's got the footwork. He's he's very quick through the hole, man. He's a real good running back. I I, I think he's going to be held back by the off season. To me, he is a running back I'd be interested in. He's more of a project guy. I think I've had my eye on some other projects that I'd prefer, but I wouldn't put him out there as not possible as as a nice little project. I think he's you know projected about like. 30 right now in running backs, which is probably about right. Um, I think he will win the starting job. So if you want to go from there and, you know, project it out, are the Rams going to be that good of a team this year? I, I do think Brad's right with a little, little step back. So tougher in the run game when your team isn't really operating on all cylinders, your offensive line. I mentioned that earlier about golf. Same thing plays obviously for the run game. Um, so I would not be – afraid of doing cam Akers as a project because i do think he's talented super talented he'll win the job but you're you know know what you're getting into six eight weeks down the road before he's a real legit starter for you and then probably not a high-end starter at that point either i mean top 15 guy yeah and that's the thing after six eight weeks once he becomes the starter i mean you're in the, the heat of your division so you're playing san francisco twice you know, I think the Cardinals defense stepped up a lot this offseason, so you're playing them twice. And then you got Seattle twice. So, I mean, those are six tough games you got to play against. So, to me, it's a project that where is it really going? So, I feel like there are just so many other good projects out there. Steer clear of this. If he pops and you like him and he's on free wire, you know, go grab him then. But I just don't see any, you know, reason to before the season to waste a spot on my bench for him. I think he's draftable. I think he's a draftable guy. Well, that's From your opinion. Oh, you're coming at me with that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, our opinions differ then. If you think he's not draftable and I think he's draftable, then yes, our opinions differ. I think he's waitable. <laughs> okay. Just start writing these ones down too then. We'll yes. Squarely agree. Waitable and draftable. Yeah, uh, Cam Akers, man. Uh, yeah, he's a guy. I mean, you might take a shot on him. It's It's just – tough to project out uh, what kind of committee this is going to be in the backfield. They have Malcolm Brown, they have Cam Akers, they have Daryl Henderson. So it's one of those that you might just want to let it play out and see if anybody's getting, you know, uh, a heavy load of carries there. So, so Mark, are you drafting him or are you waiting on him? Uh, Cam Akers? I would draft him if for the right price, you know, but under five bucks maybe. Just take a shot at him. Under five bucks? Okay. Under five bucks. That's where I want him too. I, I wouldn't mind okay. having him. With a guy like Cam Akers, though, it, it does suck. Like, I would have loved to have seen a training camp, a training camp, and seen all those reports coming out, see that third week of preseason, and then you'd really get a gauge of, okay, he's their guy. He's won the job. He's their starter. Look out. Because, like, it, honestly, like, if I can find bell cows, they're definitely valuable. Regardless, like, we talked about, like, Joe Mixon last week, I think it was shitty teams like still like if it's somebody who's getting the rock 20 times there's that value there because i mean that's that's what we're looking for most of the time is somebody who's touching the ball that much you, you, it's few and far between so if it's there then it's there so that's why i say cam Akers is draftable because he could be one of those guys we've seen it with todd Gurley when he was healthy they used todd Gurley. they didn't they didn't fuck around with it they just used todd Gurley. so the receiver position guys um when you look at the tandem of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, uh, you know, also throwing Josh Reynolds as a third receiver. I mean, not really fantasy relevant, but he has made some plays out there. But Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, I mean, some really nice names, uh, big play possibilities. 
Uh, if Jared Goff can deliver the ball on time, and like you said, Rich, if he's not getting rushed and he has time to throw the ball, you know, Cooper Cup has a knack for getting open. Robert Woods can, you know, break a big, you know, 50, 60-yard run from a little five-yard out. He has that kind of speed. So He also has the possibility of getting 30 yards, and that's it. <laughs> that's the problem with Robert Woods. That is also a possibility. Mm. Brad knows from experience. Yes. <laughs> But they've kind of elevated him a little bit within the offense, maybe. Is that possible because they got rid of Brandon Cooks? I mean, it, it's possible that they're going to expect more out of him this year. I saw Cooks dinged up with concussions and nothing really more came out of it. So I'm all set on him. Well, Cooper Cup is a different story, though. I do like Cooper Cup. No, but yeah, a lot of this is going to hinge on that offensive line. You give him time to throw, then we've seen this offense in rhythm. We've seen it be really prolific, and we've seen – what's like a very odd thing that we don't usually see in fantasy. We saw three wide receivers who were viable when it was all three of those guys there, when it was Cooper cup uh, cooks and Robert Woods, all three were top 20 viable plays every week. Take woods out of the equation. We do have Josh Reynolds. I mean, and then they draft van Jefferson. So, I mean, they're loaded at wide receiver loaded at pass catchers. If if you want to go past that too. So um, I, I feel like it's a tough dart throw each week i think that's what's really difficult about that yeah for sure man i mean i would i would think cooper cup could end up a top 15 wide receiver in fantasy this year if he's you know uh obviously with a health factor i think so yeah 15 to 20 i'd say that's a good assessment yeah i mean i just i like cooper cup as a player uh that's a guy i wouldn't mind having on my team and like you said 20 bucks uh he'll have those he'll have a few big games i think you're right in that assessment that'll be top 15 so he'll be a good valuable play um, I, I, I do think you'll have a couple stinker weeks where the, the ball goes elsewhere. They, they focus in on the run game or that kind of stuff, but I think he's going to be a pretty solid guy. I think Cooper cups, uh, underestimated as a wide receiver. I don't, I would say like, he's really good at, at what it takes to be a, an NFL wide receiver. He, he does all the little things that it takes. Like a young Adam Thielen. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, he, and I think he's more athletic and like a little quicker than Adam. Yeah, Thielen. Cooper Cup. Uh, I've noticed him, you know, really try to fight to get in the end zone on several plays. Like he, he does not want to get tackled at the two or three yard line. He's he'll kind of just keep pushing until he gets in there. So nice player. But uh, Rich, you mentioned the other patch catchers, man. And between Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett at tight end, you know, it seemed like Goff has been utilizing them quite a bit but there's just two of them that are viable and so brad when you look at that combo of tyler higby and gerald everett you know both of them have cost some touchdowns around when they're in the red zone so is uh one of those two guys stand out more to you or more draftable to you between higby and everett no i mean honestly i don't really like either of them but if you made me choose between them i'd go everett he seemed a little bit better last year but yeah i really even for out of the which I really like Rich's comment, the dollar bin. If I was sifting around in that dollar bin and I saw those guys, I'd probably just, you know, keep digging. I would lean towards Tyler Higby. And uh, just due to, you know, last year, at the end of the year, Gerald Everett had some injuries going on that really solidified uh, Higby's role as the number one guy there. And I, I, I think everybody saw it over the course of like the last five weeks. I believe he was about a top five tight end. So I think, you know, when you get that chunk of work, I think they showed trust in him. I think he's won the job. So uh, I would verify that through training camp, but I think he's won the job. And I think he, I think he has the ability to really be, you know, like a top eight guy. Um, I, I would project him out to about top eight 
I think that what we saw on the tape at the end of last year was them really utilizing him. They liked him a lot in the passing game. They kind of got away from more of their, um, I think they call it 11 personnel, uh, which is three wide receivers out there, and they started bringing in more tight ends. Um, so they started to actually utilize that at the end of the season once they got Higby in place. Yeah, man. And I'm uh, just thinking about Sean McVay, you know, in this whole offense. He was kind of the the wonder boy there a couple years back. And, you know, everybody's calling him this genius and everything. And, you know, lo and behold, look what happens, you know, is his second or third year. He's not quite producing. The offense isn't quite as crisp. And, uh, you know, it, it, the league just catches up even with the smartest and most clever and most creative coaches. So uh, I'm interested, though, to see, you know, what McVay does with this offense uh, in 2020 because, yeah, I get a feeling that Higby and uh, Everett could be some uh, valuable guys, and I would lean more towards Higby as well. So we'll uh, switch it back over to the defense, guys, the L.A. Rams defense. And uh, this is a unit that I think they do have some star players when you talk about Jalen Ramsey, who they traded for. Uh, he's definitely a talented corner. They also have Aaron Donald just tearing it up in the middle of that line. You know, he's a defensive MVP candidate every single year, it seems like. So, Rich, when you talk about the L.A. Rams defense, I got to believe they'd be started most weeks. Um, I'm not sure uh, the price tag uh, at the draft, but how do you feel about the Rams, D, man? Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, it, it, like you said, they do have the playmakers. It's it's hard to pass up certain playmakers. So it's hard to pass up on a guy like Aaron Donald. But you know, beyond that, I would say that they've you know they've taken some losses in this offseason. Dante Fowler, that's who I was thinking of. They lost that linebacker. I think he was a key fucking component to what they were doing there. Um, so I I would steer clear. I mean, like I said, it's hard with Aaron Donald there. I think he is a guy who's gonna, you know, he's good to really blow things up. And when things are blown up, the ball starts going different ways. That's when turnovers happen. Um, so it's hard to pass up on that. But overall, I think that drawback, that like the comeback year of the defense overall, I, they've got tough matchups too. So I, w- I would steer clear. Yeah, I think they're actually going to command some money because they were like a top five defense last year or maybe top six. I'm not sure where they finished out. But because of that, I think someone's going to pay for them. They're going to miss out on the top defenses and think because like you said, Mark, they got the big names. So they're going to pay for them. And I just don't see them winning a lot of games this year, playing from behind. And, you know, defenses, it's tough to go out every week and play from behind. So some games, you know, they might get a couple sacks, a couple interceptions. But, you know, if they're giving up 30 points, that's not really good for your defense. So I think that's what's going to be their Achilles heel. It's not that they're not going to make plays, but they're just going to give up a lot of points at the end. And that's going to get you negative points for that. Yeah, to your point, Brad, they were they were seventh last year in points as a defense. I think they fall back. I, yeah. I think they're 12, 14. Yeah. And if if they're sitting at 12 and 14, why am I starting them? I, I have to get a defense that's at least top 12 every week as a matter of each week. I mean, I, I guess – I mean, I guess in that vein – You, get, you, you could do them up. and someone else, have, but someone's going to pay five, seven bucks for it, and that doesn't fit the formula. Yeah, like you said, with the, with the way they performed last year at number seven, someone's going to be like, oh, top ten defense. I'll pay a little bit of money for this. So, yeah, you can steer clear. Off. Yeah, if you can get them for a dollar two max, my recommendation. Yeah. 
Yeah, but two means that you are like bidding over somebody. Somebody else put them up and you're bidding over. Well, yeah, two would be if I have a couple extra bucks at the end, someone nominated them and I wanted them, I clicked the one. Yeah, but like, see, that in, that entails that you have like some want. Like, they'd have to be like the last defense that you wanted still on the board. Yeah, I got to be pretty desperate. So, yeah, we really don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I honestly see them at six and 10 or five and 11 this year. So. I really don't like them this yeah, year. Yeah, I can see that, man. I mean, just look around, right? They are in a stacked division, so we'll see uh, yeah. if, uh, oh. how how they handle it. I mean, I agree. I, uh, right now, I'm leaning towards you guys that their roster may be uh, the weakest out of these four teams. So we'll see how it plays out. All right, guys, we are headed north on the PCH Pacific Coast Highway, and we are going to go ahead and bypass the uh, Golden Gate Bridge and keep heading north all the way up to Seattle, Washington. And uh, talk about the Seattle Seahawks, Ooh, guys. It what was a trip. quite a hell of a drive from L.A., man, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the Seahawks. And uh, tell you what, man, this is a team that I always find to be solid, uh, always putting a strong roster, a strong team out on the field, especially since they drafted Russell Wilson. Phenomenal quarterback, sometimes a little, uh, I don't know, underrated, I think, in my mind. I, I really think Russell Wilson is uh, one of the best QBs in the league, to be honest with you. But uh, when you talk about the team as a whole, I mean, it's strong. They've made a few moves on offense to kind of increase his weapons, his options. And uh, I, I kind of like the look of this team. Um, from a fantasy standpoint, uh, I think there's some guys that are going to be pretty valuable. So, Rich, I'll send it over to you first, man. We'll talk about the running back position because here's a guy, Chris Carson. Some fumbling issues last year early in the season. It kind of spooked me as an owner, and uh, I traded him for probably not the value that I could have got when it turned out that he did, in fact, uh, secure <laughs> that job, that number one RB job, despite the fumbling problems. So, Chris Carson, I mean – He's been a productive running back, uh, strong around the goal line, you know, can kind of run some people over. So when you look at him as a RB and fantasy rich, you know, what do you think at his price tag will be? And is he a guy that you might target? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you right out the gate. I'll target him. Definitely. He is a guy I've been, I've had him on my team. I've traded for him. Uh, I, I really respect the kid's talent, man. Um, other thing about, Seattle running backs is they, they like to run the ball. So I have an affinity for teams that like to run the ball. So when we talked about um, Derrick Henry types, this is that kind of situation that now there are some other backs in the backfield. Um, but I'll tell you, after he got over his fumbling issues, I think he kind of really secured the ball really well last year at the end of the year. Um, and other than getting injured, he was kind of the guy. He's, he's the guy who gets the ball. He gets the rock. He, you said he runs uh, around people, runs over people. Uh, he, he jumps over people, too. I don't know. I've seen that a couple times, too. So, well, I, I actually really like Chris Carson. Uh, always have, always will. So, if you can avoid that injury, you can avoid the, the fumble, fumbleitis a little bit, I think he's a stud, man. He, he's, um, you know, I think he's sitting right on that teetery range of being a number one, so top 12 guy. All right, so, uh, yeah, with Chris Carson, man, I mean, I, I do agree, Rich. I have he, uh, seen him hurdle some uh, DBs out there and uh, make them look pretty ridiculous yeah, while dude. he's doing it. So uh, I like running backs that hurdle people, man. That's pretty fucking awesome. So I like how you said, too, he has kind of like a nose for the end zone. I think he, he knows how to get in there. There are some backs in this league who do not know how to do that. Chris Carson is a guy who makes sure he ensures that touchdown. So I really like that aspect. 
Yeah, man. And I mean, you got to mention the Rashad Penny is in the backfield. They bring in Carlos Hyde. So they do have, you know, hopefully it doesn't turn into a committee if you're a big Chris Carson guy, because I do like the talent as well. But they do have some other guys there. You know, Penny got injured uh, last year. Carlos Hyde been on about five different teams in the last couple of years. So just hard to make sense. But I uh, still think Chris Carson would be a guy that I would target, man. Yeah, I think it's just an insurance policy with, with Hyde. But, I mean, Chris yeah. Carson is going to win the job no matter what as long as he stays healthy. Rashad Penny is just, you know, a change of pace, uh, breather guy. And High is just there just in case injuries because they've had so many over the years. But, I mean, I really like Chris Carson. I, like you guys said, I like the way he runs. I like what he does with the ball. I like the way they use him. Uh, if he stays healthy, he's really a good option. But I put him more of a Tier 2, Tier 3 guy. So if I can start, you know, someone else and then have him as my second or third running back, I'm very happy. So he's definitely someone I kind of go target. Yeah, I think I think he's an undervalued name for people too. Like people, for some reason, steer clear of Chris Carson a little bit. Um, I'm not sure where it really comes from. Well, I, to be I think he's had some you, injuries but... and, you know, he's had some games he hasn't played, so. While we're talking about uh, Chris Carson, guys, you know, you guys are the fantasy experts around here. I'm going to ask you to transport your uh, minds back to 2019. And I made a little deal where I sent Chris Carson packing for a Devontae Freeman. So um, if you guys want to go ahead and give me a grade on that, maybe you can uh, tell me if I made the right move on that one. <laughs> well... I I think I may have said something at the time like oof ouch that's that's a rough trade that's a rough trade man I, I uh, thought I, I was gonna like look out and see you on a panic boat you know just waiting waving that flag man uh, the fumble light has definitely spooked me man and I said I gotta do this I gotta move him and yeah I got a yeah. uh, running back but. No, don't get me wrong. When there is the fumbleitis and there is a back like Rashad Penny there, it is that kind of like not feeling in your stomach when you're going, man, I just I feel like they're going to end up going to Rashad Penny. I feel like it. you just get this like feeling in you like, oh, man, you know, one more fumble and it's just like it's done. It could just be done for the season. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's Rashad Penny's show all of a sudden just because of all oh, the fumbles are there. Like, so don't get me wrong. If you draft him next year and he's got four fumbles in three games, yeah, uh, I'd be exactly. worried. You know, <laughs> then I'd be worried again because then it's it's right. crept up again. But I will tell you, at the end of the end of last year, I did see it on the tape. He was securing the ball better. He was actually literally holding the ball better. So, I mean, I, I saw it last year. I, I, I'm a Chris Carson fan. I'll let it be known. I like the kid. I, he's really good. I I don't like Seattle Seahawks. They I call them the Sea Chickens, but. Um, I got a lot of respect for them, and uh, I do have a lot of respect for that kid, Chris Carson. I think he's a really good running back. Right on, man. Oh, and you said Carlos Hyde. He's just – I agree that he's just depth, Carlos Hyde, by the way. It's just He's there just for depth. I wouldn't even worry for two seconds about that. He's been on – like you said, he's been on five <laughs> freaking teams. He's just there. He's a guy. Yeah, a guy. and actually, the real quick about Chris Carson, that game that – he actually had two fumbles against New Orleans. Uh, it was a home game for the Seahawks. And his second fumble is like right when the fourth quarter started or something. And, yeah, Pete Carroll <laughs> yanked him out of the game, man. And I was like, oh, shit. So that's when I started exploring the trade yeah. wire. And uh, took, oh, I took a man. shot. You know, it didn't work out. But, hey, that'll happen, man. Um, <laughs> but, anyways, guys, uh, uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the wide receiver position. 
a couple guys between Tyler Lockett, like him as a player, uh, was kind of more of a deep threat earlier in his career, but kind of solidified into more of a well-rounded type receiver. And then DK Metcalf, I mean, he's just huge. Uh, the guy, he had some impressive uh, catches, impressive touchdowns uh, last year. So, Brad, I'll send it over to you about the receivers, man. Which one of these guys do you like better, and is there one that you would uh, target more? Well, I think it's pretty easy. I mean, DK is obviously, he's big, he's huge, he's got skills. But the problem I had with him is he drew a lot of offensive passing calls. He, he, he almost like he couldn't control his strength. He was too big. So, And Ty Lockett's got such a good rapport with, you know, Russell Wilson. He, I mean, they've, over the years, you know, he's like Doug Baldwin 2.0, you know. So they just, they, he keeps going through him. So to me, it's Ty Lockett's the play. As long as you, you don't have to pay too much for him, you know, I'm definitely interested. Especially if you can get a Wilson-Ty Lockett combo, that would be, that would be amazing you know, for the right price. But, Rich, what do you think? Uh, I would agree. I would say Ty Lockett is the more well-rounded wide receiver. Yes, DK is a big guy, um, big, fast. He had a lot of offsides, too. Yeah, he had a lot. I mean, he was a rookie, so it's a lot of penalties. Um, I did see that, a lot of offensive pass interference stuff. Uh, he's not super refined either. So, I mean, I definitely lean towards Ty Lockett. Um, he's a good refined receiver. I, I would I would kind of be a little worried about the the passing game if there's enough volume to go around. So that that's one thing that I kind of look at. DK, how many targets is he going to average? I, I, I would lean towards Ty Lockett getting about nine nine targets on average. So I think he's the more trusted receiver. Like you said, uh, little Doug Baldwin 2.0. I, I like that analogy. And I mean, and don't get me wrong, there's there's also, you know, they have um, David Moore. Like that guy, that kid was actually killing it for a few games last year. So there there is that little suck of value there too. I don't think any of these secondary wide receivers have really maybe separate themselves as much, whereas maybe Ty Lockett kind of branches himself out and is the more solid receiver. Just so you know, Rich, after Aaron Hernandez, you're not supposed to say killing it anymore. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of ruined it for everyone. That guy. So he's just doing really well. You know, you you just can't say killing it. Killing it. Killing it. Thanks, Aaron. Okay. Okay. He was like shooting people in the back of the head. I mean, no. Yeah. But then he left his bubble gum, his chewed up bubble gum on the crime scene, bro. He left chewed up cotton candy bubble gum at the crime scene and then matched it to him. You don't want to do that what? if you're going to shoot somebody. I'm just saying. Anyways, uh, guys, so we are going to move on to the tight end position. And, uh, well, the Seahawks have always been uh, looking for a guy at the tight end position that Russell Wilson really has a strong connection to. Um, hasn't really been there. I, I did like what I saw from Will Disley when he's been able to stay healthy. But uh, Greg Olson they brought in. You know, obviously he's getting up there in years. Um, he's had some injury issues in the past, but always a super solid tight end, a nice safety valve. And, you know, if him and Russell Wilson have a nice connection, that that could uh, be pretty productive. So, Brad, when you look at uh, Greg Olson, what are you thinking? Uh, could he be a top 10 tight end play this year, man? Yeah, I mean, I think he could be like 8 to 10. I mean, kind of where I see him going is kind of what they did with Jimmy Graham. They traded their top center for him, trying to bring in that one option to get him. But the only problem with Jimmy Graham is he wasn't a run block, and they used him a lot in the run blocking scheme, and it didn't work out well. I think Greg Olson is a better tight end because he can run block and pass catch. So I think it will be a better fit for him. But at the same time, I don't think it will be Greg Olson of old. So I think it will be a new 
you know, smaller, less used version of Greg Olson. I, I'm not too excited about it because I think people will pay for the name. So I'll probably just steer clear of it. And, you know, if I'm going for a tie locket, you know, Russell Wilson, I'm, I'm not trying to get the tight end or even a Chris Carson. I like him more. I'd steer clear of Greg Olson. He's, it scares me with the foot injury over and over again. And um, just a year older and a lot of, a lot of mouths to feed there. So I just don't think there's a lot of volume for him. So I, w- I wouldn't play a tight end. I, I did see a little success like you saw last year out of Disley, but I, I would steer clear for, for this year. Well, I think Disley was only good because no one was guarding him because I mean, Olson's going to re- command more attention. <laughs> Yeah, and like you said, someone will hear that name. They'll pay a little too much for it, so it's not worth it. Yeah, someone's paying Jimmy Graham money, you know, so. <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, I would not buy that for a dollar. But, all right, guys, uh, we're going to flip the script and talk about the Seahawks defense. And uh, these guys, well, a strong unit. I mean, a nice home field advantage. You just don't know if uh, – well, how the season's going to play out this year with the capacity of the stadiums and everything. But uh, the Seahawks defense is traditionally a pretty strong unit and someone that might be a fantasy starter. A lot of strong star names on there, but all guys that are kind of getting up there in years. You know, it's not the Legion of Boom anymore, a serviceable uh, fantasy defense if you're in a pinch. I don't know, Brad, what do you think? Seahawks startable uh, maybe certain weeks this year? Uh, Yeah, I'd say yes. They always come at it with a good defense so i don't think they're going to be you know i feel like they'll be number three in this division but i mean if you are out of money and you can't get a defense and you see them for a dollar i think they're going to be okay i wouldn't be too upset rocking them they're going to make plays they always do i mean it's not going to be like top-notch defense but it's going to be solid plug and count on your you know six to ten points every week i think they lean on their defense i think they lean on defense and run game uh, I think they're always viable. I think that's what Pete Carroll brings to the game is to bring a, a little rah-rah approach that fires up a defense. So I think they always come to play. Um, I like the players themselves. They had Quandre Diggs, uh, a safety this offseason. Um, so I like the way that looks. You know, Bobby Wagner's always making plays. So I, I think that's, you know, a stout defense, in my opinion. They're they're always almost guaranteed to be a top 10. I can I can trust top 10 production out of it. So I'll pay five bucks for that. Uh, if I'm going to ensure myself top 10, I don't really mess around with too much with the Seattle Seahawks either, putting them on my personal roster. But yeah, if they're, if they're top 10 and you can get them for five bucks, do it all day. Well, hell yeah. We are going to circle on back uh, to the quarterback position. Talk about Russell Wilson. I mean, I got a lot of respect for him as a QB. I, I like his game, his skill set. Just always seems to make really good decisions. Uh, and always just a tough competitor. You're never really out of the game when you have Russell Wilson back there. He can bring you back. Brad, when you look at Russ as a fantasy quarterback, man, uh, he's obviously a starter. I'm going to command a decent draft price. But uh, when you look at him, I mean, is he somebody you might target, Brad? Yeah, he's definitely someone I would target. I really don't know if he's going to command a, a high price, though, because I, I'm not sure. But last year, I think he went for under, you know, 10 bucks. So if you can get a, a guy like that, you know, he, he makes right the right decision. He's smart. He makes good throws. He can run with the ball and he's got weapons around him. So to me, that's everything you want in a quarterback. So, you know, if he goes under less than $10, which, you know, I think he will. I'm, I'm definitely interested in him and most likely we'll go after him. 
Yeah, I think he's a good value play uh, quarterback this year. Uh, it's funny you talk about him being like underrated. I don't know if you guys heard that stat of he's never once gotten a vote for MVP. I did hear that one. Yeah, I heard that one. Never once a first place vote. Dude, get out of here with that. Like, I, I don't like the Seahawks, but I have much respect for what that man does at quarterback. He is unbelievable. There's so many times I've seen that guy just make plays that are just killing us, and I'm just like, how do you make that throw? Like, how does he yeah, even just elude people and just bam? Yeah, I mean, just spinning out of things and then immediately, like, knowing just to flick it to the right over in the corner of the end zone. You're just like, oh, oh, he made that throw. No way. He's just too smart with the ball. Like, he is, he's unbelievable. And he just never – he's a running-type quarterback, too, who doesn't take a hit. I, I don't know if I've ever really seen him just take a pop. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen that? No, he knows how to get down. Man, he just never really gets popped. Yeah, like Wes Welker was like that. Some some guys just know how to get down and not take the hits. Yeah, yeah. He did have like I want to say four, three or four years ago. He had like a little bit of an injury, nagging injury all year. And I, I think I noticed like since that year, Rich, like you said, he's really keyed in on avoiding contact, preserving his health, preserving his body, and he's going out there sixteen games and crushing it for most of them. So a solid uh, fantasy play for sure, man. So yeah, I'd scoop him up. Absolutely. Highly interested. <laughs> highly? Are you highly interested? Highly. That's highly. Uh, that's good. You like the segues? That's good, man. That is a killer segue because guess what, guys? <laughs> we have made it through two teams, and it is now time. That's right. It is time, folks, to gather around. Uh, you know, we are going to pass it all the way around this circle. It just keeps growing, and it is time for that herbal intermission. So, uh, Rich, buddy. To the left. <laughs> it's always to the left. To the left-hand side, man. I know you uh, might have brought in a new product today to the intermission, one we haven't talked about yet. So, uh, why don't you take it away, man? It is time for that little herbal intermission, and uh, tell us what you're puffing on today, bro. Yeah, bro. Um, today, I went to Cure Leaf Dispensary uh, over in Glendale, and they hooked me up with one of their cartridges. So from their grow and their, their stuff, um, they did get me some green crack in my Cure Leaf vape cartridge. The green crack. Green crack. It's a. Don't let it scare you out there, folks. Um, green crack. Uh, the name. Don't don't let it deceive you. I mean, it's still just a nice. It's just so easy to make. <laughs> green crack happens to be one of my favorite strains um, of flower that I've ever smoked. I love the taste. Um, uh, I love what it does for you. So I'll go ahead and give myself a puff here of the green crack, and we'll, we'll let you know what's going on here. Yeah, man. So um, I'll tell you what, man. I like green crack. It's 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 like uh, it's just like smoking the flower. Is it like crack though? To your soul, crack to the soul. I don't know, man. It's got that just flavor that really just like kicks right in the back of the throat. It's like a little bit of like a, I don't know. They kind of describe it as like a peppery taste. So I kind of agree with that. I always feel like it always gives me a good head high gives me a nice focus so let's we'll, we'll we'll test that out here coming up if it gives me a good focus here on the back half of our episode so i'm gonna take a couple more puffs of this guy but yeah it came out real good um the oil's looking pretty clear so i like that uh, and i'll take another puff so you guys talk amongst yourselves <laughs> that sounds pretty good man the green crack i would give it a try green crack a plus a plus all right 
Love it. All right, bro hams, the herbal intermission is wrapped up. And uh, yeah, Rich, you know, thanks for uh, filling us in on the green crack. It sounded like a, like you said, a nice heady high, man. And we're going to keep the focus because we got two uh, teams left to focus on. And they are both highly talented, highly skilled teams. So first, fellas, we are going to head on south from Seattle down to San Francisco. We literally just passed him. I don't know why we drove by him the first time. This is so much time on the bus. That's all right. He wanted to smoke. My legs are cramped. He wanted more time to smoke. Uh, Clam bake up the yeah. bus. And hey, road trips, BW man. Bus. Road trips. That's what it it's makes for, sense, man. actually. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. So we are talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Well, they've made it a pretty impressive Super Bowl run last year. They, you know, had a really strong year up and down. The run game absolutely killed it last year. It's kind of a four-headed monster in there. But, uh, you know, when you talk about the San Francisco 49ers, guys, uh, yeah, I guess we'll start at uh, the tight end position, man. Let's talk about the most fantasy-relevant guy on this roster. And, uh, Brad, I'm going to say that's George Kittle. I mean, he's a number one, number two tight end coming out to me, man. Uh, where are you placing Kittle at? You know, I think this year he'll be number one. I mean, 1A, 1B, you can't really dispute it. Him and Kelsey will be one or two. But uh, I just think he's going to be a beast. The way that he played through his injury last year, makes me want to go out and put him on my roster because I know even if he gets a little nagging ankle injury or this or that, that guy wants to be on the field. He wants to catch the ball and he wants touchdowns and he wants to win. So, I mean, what do you not want in a tight end about that? So I think he's worth every penny, even if you have to pay big money for him, like, you know, 30 bucks or so that's wide receiver money. You're putting plugging into your tight end position. So those are huge numbers you can get. You're, you're stealing all the good points, Brad. Uh, well, he went to me first. He's a, thief. He's a mind thief. <laughs> oh, he gets all the ding ding. Yeah, come on, man, get out of there. Uh, right. No, but anyway, uh, I actually would. I I do think it's funny because we recorded. I don't know. AFC West was maybe three, four weeks ago or something. I think I I barked in that episode that I I would lean towards Kelsey. I think that was where I was. Like, you did. I'm, I'm going to stand corrected here. I, I, in that meantime, there's been a shift. Um, obviously, the the injury to Debo Samuel, I think that's a big effect. I think they'll lean on Kittle even more in the passing game now. So he's going to be the heavily focused target. I think that that's shifted me. I used to think that, okay, the Kansas city is more of a passing offense. So I leaned that direction. Now the, 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 I'm going to almost heavy lean towards Kittle being the number one wide receiver, uh, wide receiver. He's going to be the number one wide receiver this year. No, he's number one tight end by far. I think he might even separate himself from the whole pack though. I mean, so yeah, he, like you said, Brad, he's going to get that wide receiver numbers. You should, you should pay up, like pay up on him and get him. Yeah. Yeah, because that tight end position is like you can lose a lot of points in that. It's a dead position if you don't have a good guy. I think whoever gets him is probably going to separate themselves in that area a little bit. I think even over Kelsey. I, I think you might see where Kittle's averaging more about 14, and we get to where uh, Kelsey's back around is like 11 and 12 numbers. So like three-something points even over the second guy. Yeah, man. And Brad, I like that description about Kittle and just his attitude, you know, his swagger. Like he is just out there. He wants to win. He wants to make plays. And he's just like a wild man out there, man. He's just running around uh, crazy. As soon as he gets the ball, it's like electric, man. He's just like, he might score. He might just run someone over and get in their yeah. face. You know, I just, he's got a real, uh, you know, killer instinct in him, man, I would say. Even when he was in a boot and he was upstairs in the box watching, 
It's like his eyes were glued to the glass. He was like jumping up and down, like banging yeah, on the glass. His intensity is like just electric, man. It's he just wants to be out there, man. He wants to be Dude, out there and win. I was gonna say I saw a video of that guy doing workouts today, like running little cone drills and just like bah, 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 just killing it through it and like just he's a absolute beast. I think that's the way you describe him, and that's that's right. He is a fucking beast. Yeah, if you get him for thirty, he's worth every penny. I think he's worth 30 this year. And, and usually that's like top tight end values, uh, pretty much top tight end numbers for an auction draft. But uh, giggity goo, go after it, man. Like, I have 35 <laughs> plugged in for him, so I plan on getting him. Yeah, I, I would say, yeah. <laughs> All right, Brad is locked and loaded with his 35 bucks for uh, George Kittle. Yeah, you better come hard <laughs> if you're coming for him. He's throwing it out there, bro. Yeah. I like it. I've got average draft values right now, and they've got Kelsey – uh, as $36 as the number one guy, and Kittle as the number two guy at 30 Yeah, I put Kelsey like 28 30 and Kittle I think it's at 35 I think it's actually flip-flop. By the time we get to the, the season, I think it's flip-flop. Mahomes just has so many other options. It's just oh, – That's true. It's crazy. Yeah. That is a good point. Yeah, George Kittle is really the focus in this offense, so that is another little tick up in his value. So Mark, he is the heart of the beast. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hopefully the Cardinals can slay the beast this year, man. I'll be pulling for them, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be tough. <laughs> and uh, they actually uh, aren't so successful yeah. defending tight ends uh, historically, but we'll get into that. Yeah, guys, uh, we'll go over to the running back position. The running back position, man, like I kind of mentioned, it was a big-time committee last year. You had guys going out with injuries. You had guys stepping in up and filling in. Uh, just a lot of different moving parts. Uh, but I do think Raheem Mostert, especially towards the end of the year in their playoff run, he showed me something. Uh, I think he could be a number one back on a team. He sounds like he wants to get paid like a number one back on a team. Uh, we'll see if that happens. But uh, Raheem Mostert is a guy I like. But, you know, I mean, they got Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, and Jeff Wilson Jr., who for some reason they bring him in on the goal line sometimes. So Kyle Shanahan just kind of, you know, manages this in a rotation. Uh, I'm just wondering, Rich, if you think one of these guys might emerge or if it's, it'll be like a full-blown committee again next year. I would steer clear. I mean, maybe that's my own personal bias from being a guy who invested in Matt Breda last year. But, uh, yeah, you mentioned Raheem Mostert. He's griping about getting a contract. He just signed one, but he wants another one. He wants to get paid, like, more than Tevin Coleman, basically. He just doesn't – he doesn't want to sit on the same team making less than Tevin Coleman when he feels he's more valuable than him, which I kind of understand. But, like, also in the same vein, it's like, dude, you just signed that contract. Just get out there. But <laughs> The ink ain't even dry, bro. Yeah, man. There's a fear for me that, that Shanahan will be like, no, you can go. He's already traded Matt Breda this offseason. So, you don't think for one instance he would be like, I can get any running back in here. He likes Jeff Wilson. You know, he, he utilizes that guy already. He trusts that guy somewhat. So he'll utilize him if he has to. If he's got to roll out Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson, and Jarek McKinnon, I, I don't think Kyle Shanahan has an issue with that. So that makes me not trust any of it. Any running back, I, I don't trust that. That's I'm, I'm pretty much out on I would take a flyer on him for a dollar. You know, most are. Oh, most are. I mean, yeah. I mean, he showed he's a talented running back in the end of last year, and and if they give him a contract, that's a different story. Or you know, uh, something I don't think they're going to give him a contract, so that does scare me. 
Yeah, so what what are we talking about? I mean, you got a disgruntled player and then disgruntled player versus Kyle Shanahan, who's pretty much entrenched uh, into his position and what he does there. I think he thinks any running – he can utilize running backs. He he knows how to make a running back work. So, like, most are – you can be expendable. So – I think it's the exact opposite because he wants a contract. He's not going to get it. So he's going to go out there and try and prove that he is better than all of them. So he's going to work even harder because if he's not going to get paid from San Francisco, he's going to get paid from someone else next year. He, This is like his resume, you know. So he's going to go out there. He's going to want the ball, and he's going to want to score. So I yeah. think you, you're going to get him for cheap. I think he's a good project to have. I don't necessarily think he's going to start out hot, but by week three, four, I think – you know, he could be getting 60% of the carries, 50% at least with three of them in there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I could see it playing out that way. I would lean towards this more risky than what you're kind of projecting it as. He's also the most complete back, too, of all those three. Yeah. So that, and I think for a buck, it's not going to be a buck. That's what I was going to say, man. I don't, Brad, I don't think whoever owned, yeah, him. just based on the running back production last year for the Niners, yeah, it was a committee, but. I mean, they ran the ball a lot. They were successful doing it. So I would think that most hurt. How much do you think he goes for? Around 10 to 15. Uh, and Coleman no. Coleman could be close to 10, I would think, because I just don't think they're going to be dollar guys, man. Then, yeah, I would steer clear. I think these guys both, I think Coleman and Mostert will go in the 5 to 10 range. I think each of their owners from last year will have a built-in kind of price value with it and be interested in it. I think if you were a Tevin Coleman owner last year, you would say to yourself, fully healthy, I would take what they were giving. I had Mostert last year. And and at the end of the year, I would I would guarantee you that the Mostert owner was saying to himself, oh, I'm happy with this. So it, yeah, there's no points. doubt that whoever that, whoever that Mostert owner is, he's going to pay somewhere around 10 bucks. You know what I mean? He's going to go, no, man, I'll secure him for 10 bucks. I will get him. He'll buy a third running back. I will score that. He's the guy because he'll be already convinced. He's seen Mostert do his action. It's just crazy because Coleman was injured then, you know, so like it's a totally different situation. Right. But you got to get the mentality of that guy, of the owner who was the owner last year. And, and that's where he'll, his mindset almost is guaranteed to be because of the production that was coming. So then I got to jump on Rich's wagon and say, stay clear. Yeah. Stay clear of these guys. You're going to overpay on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I think that. I think 10 is too much. Yeah, to Just based on the offense, though, man, I just, uh, the way they ran the ball last year, I would be interested in both these guys, like around the $10 mark. I've, I would probably be okay with that. Well, I mean, I okay, yeah, I mean, like ten, yeah, that 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 seems about max out reasonable for a Mostert. And I would leave. Yeah, I was thinking five was my max. I would I would do ten. When you said that, I was like, oh, I guess I could see five as my number three back, but ten, I don't that's know. Also, that's also depending on how well I've done throughout the rest of the draft. Obviously, getting to there. I mean, that, yeah, that I intend to do well. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I intend to kick ass straight through <laughs> until I'm. Raheem Mostert as well for eight bucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> master class auction drafting. <laughs> Just you don't want to be wing it guy. That's who I usually am, and huh, sometimes it works out, and sometimes oh. it don't. Uh, no, I was just kidding. Uh, when we talk about the wide receiver position, Rich, you mentioned Debo Samuel came down with the injury. Uh, Kendrick Bourne and Brandon Ayuk, the uh, rookie out of ASU, they drafted him kind of high. They must have saw something in him they liked. Uh, they actually moved up to get him in the first round. Traded up. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, moved up. You look at that that receiving core. Dante Pettis is also there. I'm not sure if he's going to be a guy this year or not. But uh, Debo Samuel, tough break, Rich. Did, did they come out of the time frame on his injury? Do you know? Uh, initially, it was 10 to 12 weeks. I think they were putting it like pretty close to the start of the season. You know, he might be back, you know, week two, something like that, if they want to play it safe, week four or somewhere in there. You know, uh, yeah, real tough. Real tough to see him get that injury. Uh, I was I was pretty heavily interested in what Debo Samuel could bring to the table. Uh, still would be. It's just tougher this year with the with stuff going on. Um, coming back midseason is going to be a little tough to get back into the rhythm, but he's, he's going to end up being viable. I think he might – you might be able to squeak him out pretty clean and, and get him for a buck in the draft then have him camp out and get him. Um, I was heavily interested in him. If he was fully healthy, uh, I think the guy had, you know, top 14 potential this year. Uh, him going down, I said earlier, uh, it kind of leans me towards Kittle in this offense uh, because he's down. Uh, other than that, when you talked about Brandon Ayuk, I really like that kid. It's, it sucks that it's that shortened off season or whatever that's going on with the off season because I think that kid's really talented. And as you said, they traded up. So it shows they really liked him too. Uh, can he just move right into a number one role? I don't think so. So I would steer clear of that. So I, I like, I like Kittle. I mean, <laughs> we, we know that Brad does too, but I like him as well. <laughs> He's mine. I don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh. Let's not get feisty here. Start thinking of other game plans, man. That is staked his claim for George Kittle. He is going to go hard at Kittle. <laughs> well, I don't know. It kind of sounds weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is going to try to acquire George Kittle in the draft. That's a little more better. It sounds better. <laughs> it sounds better. He will heavily try to acquire. He is going to thrust all his energy towards George Kittle. All right, guys. Uh, quick, quick. <laughs> <laughs> Brett called a quick click on that shit. He's like, nah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, man. Oh, you guys crack me up, man. All right, guys. So looking at the quarterback position, Jimmy Garoppolo is back there. Jimmy G, you know, he, uh, I guess you could say he did lead this team to the Super Bowl last year. Um, you know, he is a talented guy. Uh, it's pretty solid performance from him last year, but just nothing to get too excited about fantasy-wise, I don't think. I'm just not sure... If he's a guy that you could trust, might be the bi-week fill-in kind of guy. Hopefully uh, catch him on a good matchup. Uh, that would be my thought on Garoppolo. Uh, Rich, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be churning on the on the waivers for us this season. Uh, be that type of guy who's picked up, spot started, and then dropped. You know, I think a little recency bias is what we'll see, too, is everybody, oh, he missed that throw. Uh, but I think if you look at his tape, Man makes a lot of throws, but there's I, I see a lot of mistakes. I, I think you can trust that guy for two mistakes a game at least, and they're like detrimental mistakes. I, I mean, he gets away with some of them, but some of his throws, it's like, whoa, where did that one come from? And so you got to look out for stuff like that. I, I, I don't really trust him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I got to kind of correct you, Mark. I don't think he led them to the Super Bowl. I think the defense led them to the Super Bowl. <laughs> And he was just along for the ride. And he was just praying he didn't throw, like, four interceptions. Yeah, they took the ball out of his hands, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was a Jimmy G owner last year. And the one thing I noticed is there were some weeks that he was on fire scoring 20-plus points. And then there were some weeks he was giving me 8 to 12. And I just can't have that. I can't have the inconsistent play of my quarterback. Uh, there's just too much, too many points that come from that position for me to have inconsistencies. 
So to me, just like you guys said before, I agree with, he's a bi-week filler, and that's about it. For that reason, I'm not going to even be looking to draft him. Even though I like Kittle and I do preach about the combos, this is not a combo I'm going to preach about. Right on, guys. And uh, we'll look over at the uh, Niners' defense now. And, yeah, I mean, last week we talked about uh, the Ravens and the Patriots probably being a 1-2 when it comes to fantasy defenses. Well, I can't forget about the 49ers, guys, because this defense uh, is going to be right there, maybe number three. Uh, You look at Nick Bosa coming off the edge. Uh, He's just a maniac out there. Uh, I really like to watch him play. Um, Been super impressive since they drafted him. A great draft pick by this franchise. And, uh, you know, a lot of other uh, weapons. Richard Sherman's still back there at corner. You know, he's the smart, cerebral, uh, veteran player that can kind of take all these guys under his wing and, you know, corral everybody, get them on the same page. So uh, lots to like about this defense. Uh, And, yeah, a pretty decent draft value, I would say. What do you think, Rich? Yeah, man, maybe a top three defense. Definitely, definitely something to be investing in. Uh, I'm a Cardinals fan, so it's tough, tough for me to own these guys. I, I think Seattle's a good defense. I think San Francisco's a, a good defense. Tough for me to own them, but they are high-end defenses. Nick Bosa is super talented off the end. They trade away DeForest Buckner, but somehow, like, they're still just like totally freaking loaded. So it, it, it's scary, man. Yeah, like they pick up Quan Alexander, who I think is a really good linebacker. Like, I mean. <laughs> They're tough. They're tough up and down the roster. They make plays. I mean, uh, like we talked about earlier, the Rams defense is almost valuable enough just because of Aaron Donald. Uh, Nick Bosa is is a lineman who disrupts things uh, on the level of an Aaron Donald. He comes from a different position, you know, not straight up the middle, but um, affects plays, man, and just really just disrupts an offense. So I'm definitely highly interested in San Francisco at at, at a nice, they're going to be top three think they're going to be actually number two and they could even if the season goes right could possibly be number one I think that's that's a tough measure against Baltimore with their Calais Campbell I think they're top defense so in that speaking I think they're worth paying a premium price for them so if you can get the number two defense and like you guys said these guys are going to score touchdowns make plays you know interceptions fumble recoveries so they're going to be all over the place and they're going to keep the score down too it was hard to score in that defense last year. Not a lot of people scored over 20 points. So, you know, if you can keep them in the teens, you know, you get those extra bonus points, and then you're talking on top, you know, a couple sacks, a couple interceptions or turnovers, that is a wonderful, wonderful combination. Yeah, this defense, I mean, you might, depending on your draft, you might be able to – you might be paying for them as the fifth-best defense. It just depends on how people are looking at it. If they're, if, if you have the fifth-best defense and it can grow to the number one defense like Brad is projecting it out, I mean, that's super value. I mean, that that's really tough, but definitely I, I see them falling in number two. I think they're very close. I mean, they, they were a dominant defense. They could, they could definitely be that defense issue. They're aggressive. I think Pats will fall to number three, too. That's yeah, my prediction. Pats fall down. Yeah. Pats are definitely going to fall down this year. I think they're more of a six somewhere there. So, Right on, fellas. All right, guys. Well, we have finally arrived at the moment. We finally get to go home. This has been a long, strange road trip through uh, eight divisions. Yeah, eight divisions <laughs> in uh, 32 NFL cities. But it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. I don't know about you guys, but I've learned a lot. And, uh, yeah, man, here we are. We're coming home to the Arizona Cardinals, the great state of Arizona, uh, the Valley of the Sun, man. So we're hopping on the 101. 
and taking it west towards State Farm Stadium. We're going to talk about these Arizona Cardinals, man. Uh, just a lot to like uh, this year with this squad. Uh, I was real impressed with some of the offseason moves. And, uh, you know, I think just the draft pick of Kyler Murray, cutting bait on uh, Josh Rosen, when they saw that Josh Rosen was not going to be a star, he was not going to be a reliable quarterback, they cut bait on him. And, you know, yeah, they spent a high draft pick on him, but they said, you know what, we got the number one pick, Kyler Murray's the guy we've identified, and we're going to pull the trigger. And uh, I got to respect it because Kyler Murray turned out to be a hell of a player. So when you look at Kyler Murray, Rich, I mean, what are your thoughts, man? What are you projecting him to do in 2020? Uh, be a top three, maybe top four quarterback. Definitely think he's high end. I think he's super talented, man. He showed me a lot last year. Uh, you said the Cardinals organization, they, they really put their faith in him. They said, yeah, we'll shift gears. Uh, one year later, it's uh, we're done with Rosen. And I also give him a lot of credit for shifting gears and saying, we're done with Steve Wilkes. We're going to get Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, I think that's a big, a big admittance to just say, boom, I was wrong and I was wrong on two of my biggest, most important decisions. But I would want to give Steve Kime the credit uh, for manning up on those decisions. You know, he made two big, bad decisions, but went right back at it and said, no, you know what? Let's shift. Let's get this right right now. Let's shift. Let's get it straightened out. Yes, I mean, they only had five wins last year, but I think if as, as fans, as Cardinals fans, even withdrawing from that bias, I think we all saw a much better product on the field. Uh, vastly improved uh, offense, uh, especially to the back half of the season. I think Cliff Kingsbury really honed in on what Kyler Murray can do uh, for an offense. So I'm just, I'm super excited to see it in year two. Yeah. And that's the thing too, like you said, the back half of the year, they really clicked in. They were making plays, really making, they look like a stellar offense. And so now what do they do? They run in D hop, you know, they brought in one of the number one wide receivers in the NFL to go along with all that improvements they make. So, I mean, to me, I think he's got the potential to be the number three quarterback. I mean, they're just – they're going to put up points, and their run game's going to be stout. They have endless wide receiver combinations. Like, I, I think they could start five wide receivers out there and just throw the ball. So, I'm really interested to see what they can do and how they're going to do it. Yeah, man, just a lot to be excited about on this roster. Uh, and the fantasy potential is there, too. I mean – you know, we talked about Kyler Murray already, but DeAndre Hopkins, uh, just a huge move bringing him in. And, I mean, what is his ceiling at this point, you know? I mean, you, you pair him with Cliff Kingsbury's mind, his offensive, you know, uh, guru status that he has, and you got Kyler Murray there, you got D-Hop. I mean, could DeAndre Hopkins end up the number one fantasy receiver this year? I just I feel like the sky's the limit. I don't know. I don't want to drink too much of the Cardinals Kool-Aid, but – I'm a big fan of uh, the Hopkins-Murray combo this year. I think that is going to be sick. I mean, if he stays healthy, I think he's number one. I mean, they're going to utilize him, and he's he's such a tremendous talent. And I think he's going to develop a great rapport with them. He's already came in, and he's excited about being here. So he's going to want to fit in with Larry. You know, he's just – it's going to be amazing. Don't get me wrong. I, I do think he has the potential to be number one. I don't see it playing out like that. I think he's top five. I think he's kind of assured almost a top five potential, but I don't think he's that number one wide receiver on a fantasy production value basis. Uh, don't get me wrong. For what he's going to do for this offense, I'm super jacked up. Uh, it just frees up, like, everything. So I don't, here's the thing about DeAndre Hopkins. He's not the guy who's blowing off the top of uh, a defense. What he is, I mean, he is just that – 
mid-range just weapon wide receiver I mean don't get me wrong he can break plays he can hit that slant as well what he does for your offense is draws people in so I'm looking for you know there's just going to be a lot of weapons so like to me I'm leaning towards Kyler Murray in this offense and and kind of that's about where I would leave it because there's so many weapons so well and Christian Kirk yeah Christian Kirk Larry Fitzgerald uh, the tight end situation is not really much, uh, you know, Max Williams, not anything stellar, not fantasy purposes, but um, so not really a weapon. But, you know, like you mentioned, the backfield, they're they're deep there. You know, Chase Edmonds, uh, he's a fucking stellar player, too. So Kenyon Drake, it's all over the place and it all leads back to the quarterback for me. I think that's where the assured value is. And he kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson with the smart plays. He, he's always thinking, making good plays. And you can see the progression, the growth. So to me, you know, this year and the year after that, he's just going to stay out there as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And that's kind of exciting for Arizona, for all their fans, you know, for us. Hell yeah, man. Uh, Kyler Murray, yeah. I like, the, I like the comparison. I don't know, you know, really what his ceiling could be in his uh... – sophomore season because like you said brad just his progression as a rookie it was really impressive and you know coming at it from not just a cardinals fan perspective i mean just around the league people took notice i mean kyler murray really started to come into his own towards the end of the year and you know uh really looked like a number one draft pick quarterback to me and you know the dual weapon the dual threat with the legs you know if the pass isn't there he can still make big plays so oh man and he was never looking to run but he could he can run Oh man, he he can run well too. He's very 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 fast. I mean, he he he's better than with his feet. He's better than Russell Wilson ever was actually. Like so, Russell Wilson's smart with his feet, whereas Kyler is very super high end athletic with his feet. So I mean, and in the fantasy game, man, when we get the feet, that's the feet at quarterback is where it's at, man. I, I would always like lean towards quarterbacks that use their feet. Josh Allen type guys, Russ Wilson, Tyler Murray, even Pat Mahomes. These guys, these guys are able to use the feet and very creative with the feet. So I think I, I, I like those guys a lot. And to me, he's got the second best arm in the league too. The way he throws the ball, they're lasers. Him and Mahomes are the only two that can do it. So, so, and then everyone else is, you know, far beyond them. So Carson Wentz has a good arm. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're not as much lasers, but. Uh, we did uh, real quick mention uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. Um, yeah, I mean, they're going to be fantasy plays. Uh, probably both of them will go for Isabella. <laughs> Isabella's just, he'll be running around out there uh, getting wide open, most likely, because people just forget about him. But uh, yeah, uh, Christian Kirk and Larry, in terms of fantasy plays, I mean, the guys I wouldn't mind having on my bench, uh, Christian Kirk, you know, you. You said it, Rich. DeAndre Hopkins maybe might not be that speed, just break it out over the top guy. But Christian Kirk can be that guy. He can run past some dudes. So that that's just another uh, just another facet of this offense that you know you got to take into consideration. What are you eating over there? Good girl. Oh, something else. There are a lot okay. of edible stuff going on. <laughs> I got these other little edibles. We can do a little second quick intermission if you want. Let's roll with it, man. Tell me about them. <laughs> yeah, I've got um, over here so for the second intermission. I've got some select elite. Uh, these are called nano nano bites or nano chews. 
What are you munching on today, Rich? What am I munching on today? Exactly, a new segment. And all these, um, so these are select elite. They're nanos. They, the girl actually told me about them there at the dispensary. Um, they are faster acting edibles. Okay, because they, whatever they're, they're water based. They'll, they'll choose themselves are water based, so they act quicker. Twenty to thirty seconds. Uh, Twenty to thirty seconds. No, sorry. That was like super quick. <laughs> <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes as opposed to like your typical like hour hour 15 for edibles to start doing something for you so i'm still waiting on them to do something <laughs> the edibles that never do anything for you <laughs> nope <laughs> this kid could eat a whole uh, pantry full of edibles and i'm still waiting on them right i'm 400 milligrams in i'm waiting on them 480 <laughs> is the most i ever did I was going to uh, say, Rich, with those select elites, I did get a pack of the uh, Berry Buzz gummies, and I was a big fan of those, man. Those, uh, yeah, there's a nice sativa and a nice... Uh... That's funny, because that's what I was supposed to get. I was supposed to get Berry Blues, and she got me Sour Blues. I was, like, eating them. I'm like, man, these are sour today. Sour <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but they yeah, they kind of taste like a blue sour patch kid. It's really good, though. We made it to the end of our road yeah, trip. The double up. We made it to the end of this crazy road trip. So, dude, yes, a second intermission was necessary. It's worthy. It was necessary, bro. I'm a, yeah. actually a big fan yeah, of it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, well. <laughs> it's a special episode. <laughs> this is, man. So, we did uh, touch on Kenyon Drake, guys, uh, the running back for the Cardinals. Uh, uh, just bringing him over from Miami, and he just made – uh, David Johnson irrelevant last year. I don't know if David Johnson got off the bench for a second after Kenny Drake showed up in town. So who are we talking about? I I don't even know this player you speak of. <laughs> oh man, Brad was the David Johnson owner. I don't even know this name. It doesn't ring a bell. Can't can't even speak it. But uh, Kenny and Drake, man, uh, I think some people might be kind of high on him this year based on some of those big games he had down the stretch oh, for the yeah. Cardinals. So. I don't know. Where would you project him to finish? I mean, I think top 15 might be a safe bet for a guy like him. What do you think? I'd definitely say top 15. Uh, I mean, I think he could even creep up around the 10 number. So, you know, for that being said, I think he's going to command a, a little bit higher price, especially being from the Valley. 35, 45 bucks I see him going for, which if you pay, if you get him for that, you're definitely getting your value. So, you know, he's going to go for pretty penny and i think he's gonna be worth it yeah i mean when i when i sat back and thought about this um a little bit i thought to myself man well there's a lot of talent in the backfield there's chase edmonds they drafted Eno benjamin so i mean i'm like man well okay there's there's a lot of talent there is it going to get dispersed or what what's going on well look at look at what's going on uh franchise wise we put the tag on uh Kenyon drake so we've got him you know this year uh so I, I can pick up a little bit of the breadcrumbs from that and say, I think they're going to hand on the rock. So that's how I kind of lean towards with that. So this seems to me like a kind of a no brainer, almost top 10 guy uh, at that point, because, you know, if they're just going to use Chase Edmonds pretty sparingly and bring, you know, Benjamin along just a little bit, just kind of as depth, uh, Kenyon Drake's going to be top 10. I think he's assured a top 10 role. Yeah, I think uh, Kenny Drake's pretty skilled uh, catching passes out of the backfield, too. So that's a nice dimension to his game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think he, he might pro- 
like you said, Brad Command, maybe a $35 to $45 draft value, but I certainly wouldn't be upset if he landed on my roster because I definitely liked what I saw from him last year. Now, would you like Drake or Todd Gurley, yeah. Mark? Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Yeah, which which is okay. it for you? Kenny and Drake are, Make a choice. Because, I mean, you're at 35 or 45 oh, with man. Drake. Can I get both of them? That might be pretty strong. Yeah. I'll take them both. So you pay 45 for each. You want to do that? I might do that, man. I might. I like that idea. I'm going to write that one down, bro. <laughs> we're building we're building Mark's roster out. So you're now you're at forty five. Yeah, yeah. That's good. We've talked you down ten. Well <laughs> if it has to go higher, it well, has to go higher. Oh, okay. Right? It's all about the clickies. Well help you draft prep here. Okay, fifty five and forty five. I like it. Except for your overpaying on Tiger. <laughs> that's, that's the only <laughs> thing I don't like, but no. uh, that's Todd Gurley's gonna be like the number one back and Mark's gonna be like, I told you. <laughs> You dumb fucks. <laughs> dumb fuckers. Hey, I got it on record. Can, so. can you imagine end of the season Todd Gurley's number one? We got to just yeah. eat so much fucking crow. Yeah. Atlanta <laughs> wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. I think if he's top five, we got to eat crow on that shit, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if he's top five, I got to eat my words. We'll ring the bell. We'll recant. Yeah, top seven, I even give it to you, Mark. Oh, thanks, man. All right. right through, I'm writing all this shit down. Yeah, I'm dude. I'm remember this one. Uh, you should keep notes. It's man. recorded. You don't have to oh, write it true, down. Man. It's recorded. Right. Uh, Thanks for reminding me of that. All right. Uh, no, guys. Oh, yeah. We're, we're recording this shit? <laughs> we, and Wait, we have, we've recorded, <laughs> like I said, I don't like to bust out our stats too hard, but we've been to 32 different NFL cities, uh, so to speak. And we have yeah, broke down eight divisions for the people. For the people. And, yeah, hey, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. We hope you guys have enjoyed listening. And, yeah, we're going to finish up with the uh, Cardinals defense here. But I just want to say it's it's been a lot of fun with you guys uh, doing this, man. It's been a good experience. So we're just going to keep this pod rolling and uh, see what happens, man. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, guys, we'll flip the script, talk about this Arizona Cardinals defense. Chandler Jones, uh, one of my favorite players, uh, really like what he brings to the table. Been nothing but a stud since he got to Arizona. Um, a sack master back there, really. I believe he led the league in sacks last year. And, uh, you know, they, they made a nice draft pick, Rich, with Isaiah Simmons to bring him in at linebacker. And Pat P is still out there in the uh, secondary. So, Rich, you talk about this defense. Uh, one I'm pretty fired up about. Um, I would take them on my fantasy roster, but, uh, you know, it would be a little dicey because then I'd just be sweating <laughs> with Cardinals D every week. But what do you think, man? The uh, Cards D, man. How how you feeling about them this year, bro? I'm pretty hyped for them, man. To be honest with you, I, I, I try not to get too overhyped on my own team like that, but I like when defenses have the playmakers at each level. So when you have Chandler Jones uh, and then they draft Isaiah Simmons and then obviously we have Pat P, that's just at each, each level of the defense, you have a true playmaking defensive star player. Uh, I think Isaiah Simmons is going to come out and just show star status almost like right out the gate. Give him four weeks, get his feet wet. He's going to go out there and make plays. Uh, I think Cardinals defense obviously had one glaring hole. Like they were, they were a decent defense, but they could not do shit with the tight ends last year. And it's been actually years of it. Like years. The Cardinals years. have had that weakness, man. And it's just so frustrating to see as a fan, too. You're just like. Hey, and especially when George Kittle's in your division, right? Dude, that used to be the waiver wire pickup. Who's playing the Cardinals? Pick that tight end up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, that's why I give a lot of credit. Again, I said it earlier. I give credit to Steve Kine, man. He came out and said, listen, I can't pass up on this guy right here. He's going to solve all this issues. Dude, he fell so low. Yeah, man. He scooped that value up, and he's going to solve so many issues for us. It just, like, really solidifies what we want to do on defense. And, yeah, look at the tight ends in our division. We talk about Higby. We talk about what the Seattle Seahawks do with their tight end. I think it was like proven, like we kind of got to it a little bit, but that no matter who they're plugging in there, they do have a serviceable tight end. When, whether it was Disley Hollister last year, anybody in there was still kind of almost productive as a tight end. So it's like we need that guy, and we got that guy. So now everything's kind of locked in. I'm super pumped. Uh, I, I'm definitely looking to maybe invest in that defense this year. I think it's going to be playmakers. That's what I like. Three levels of playmakers. That's that's defensive fantasy production. I actually think they could be a top five defense this year just because of their what I saw last year, their major hole, like Rich said, was their linebacker position. And then they go out and get a guy Simmons. And they, they also got a guy, uh, Weaver out of Cal, who I think he's going to be really good too for, you know, just a plug-in linebacker. You're right. That guy is so fiery yeah. too. Remember that guy? He got all pissed off. Yeah, he draft. broke his desk because he didn't get picked. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I like so that. I like that guy. Like <laughs> they brought these fiery guys to play the one position they were lacking. So I mean, I think this is gonna be a top five, top three defense this year. So if you can get them for three to five dollars, which I think you can, I mean, unless you get you got some Arizona guys that just want them for ten. But I think they're gonna be the number one or two defense. Well, definitely in the San Francisco is gonna be up there too. So those guys are just gonna be top notch. Yeah, but a guy I really like um, on the on the levels of the defenses, uh, I like uh, Buda Baker as a, as a safety back there. He makes a heck of a lot of plays too. He's always around the ball, so that's another guy I want to give a, like a, a shout out to there. He really is a great playmaker. I love a safety like that who goes out and just makes plays. So it's just everybody is out there a, able to make plays. And and Baker, you know, he's like he's like us for a couple of bakers or a few uh, bakers. We're definitely getting, getting baked back here, man. Uh, but, Dude, I think we're all Buddha yeah, Baker, actually, man. Yeah, we're baking the Buddha yeah. as we speak, man. But yeah, uh, Buddha Baker, man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. I, he's a pretty big hitter out there at safety too, man. So I kind of, yeah, I like uh, his game, man. He's he's made some uh, nice plays back there in the secondary. Yeah, he's not a really a big guy, but he's out there making big plays. He he makes big hits. He's always got he's got a nose for the ball. And then yeah, real quick, guys, I did want to mention this. I was thinking back to last year in the Cardinals defense and. You remember uh, Terrell Suggs made his way back home to the Valley. You know, shout out to T-Sizzle. And, you know, he it, it kind of looked like he might be uh, closing out his career uh, with the Cardinals. You know, maybe a swan song. But lo and behold, you know, week 12 or 13 rolls around and he finds himself on the Kansas City Chiefs. And a few weeks later, man, he's in the Super Bowl and now he's got another <laughs> ring. So I just thought that was pretty cool how uh, – T-Sizzle rode off into the sunset last year, man, winning that Super Bowl with the Chiefs. Snaked out with a freaking championship, man. Yeah. man. That was nice. That's, that's <laughs> awesome, man. Like, close out your career with that. You can't even complain. He was barely playing here. Oh, I did see yeah. him in there for the Chiefs, yeah. you know, from time to time. Yeah. I saw him make a couple plays. But, yeah, he, he definitely wasn't full rotation. But, yeah. Barely, yeah. Honey Badger got one, too. Yep, and Honey Badger got one, oh, too. Oh, yeah. So. Honey Badger that's deserves nice, it. It's good to see those guys. uh Hoist yeah. the trophy. I always liked at him. The end of the year. That's actually who Buddha Baker reminds me of is is Tyron Matthew. Yeah, same type of guy. 
safeties with the nose for the ball. All right, fellas. Well, I think we owe each other a giant collective fist bump at this point. We have made it through all eight of these divisions. Oh. Uh, I hope you guys were along for the ride. It was a lot of fun, and uh, we better make sure, fellas, that we uh, go ahead and close out this division talk, wrap this thing up how we usually do, man. And that's, you know, we need to pick the winner of the division, you know, what team we think might come out of it, and also give our little breakout fantasy studs. So we'll start at the division, and I think there may be some differences in opinions uh, on this. Man, I just think this division's stacked. Uh, but I do see uh, maybe Seattle coming out at the end. I just really like what Russell Wilson does. So, you know, I think he could carry his team all the way to the playoffs, you know, almost single-handedly, that guy. So, you know, that would be my pick. Of course, I do think the Cardinals will be right there and competing for the division crown. Uh, I think they're going to have a good squad and then follow, you know, the 49ers were just in the Super Bowl. So you got to figure that they're also going to be highly competitive and then the Rams probably bringing up the rear. But that would be my thought on the division, Brad. Uh, how are you coming out, bro? Uh, yeah, I got to go San Francisco number one. I think they just, you know, they're, they're definitely just the number one team. I think they actually improved on last year's team. So they're the team to beat. And then I definitely agree with you. Arizona's coming in second. Uh, only about a game, maybe two games behind them. So definitely high playoff scenario. But then I have to go Seattle just based on the play of Russell Wilson and the organization, they always play tough. And then I have to go the Rams. I just see them bottom of the barrel. Uh, like I said, kind of like it almost feels like a rebuild for them, but it, it clearly isn't. I put it pretty similarly. I think I think last year, man, the division came down to a game between those two teams, and they won by basically a yard. So, I mean, it literally is as tight as it can be, I think, between those two teams at the top. I think Seattle and San Francisco – those are Super Bowl contending teams, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think the Cardinals are just like, you know, they're, they're a year away of, from molding and being on that level. I think they have that talent, but I think they're about a year away from really gelling and getting there. So I think they're going to sit back a little bit. I think the two top teams, they could be about 11-5 and five again, and I think it's going to come down to their, their matchup who wins it. And then uh, Rams, Rams are going to be at the bottom. I, I agree. Right on, guys. Uh, yeah, so with the fantasy breakouts from the NFC West, the NFC best, as we like to call it, you know, Brad, I'll send it over to you first. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of names to choose from in this division, uh, a lot of potential breakouts, uh, in my opinion. So uh, where's your head at with that one, bro? You know, I got to kind of agree with Rich Christian Kirk. You know, I, like he said, I can be convinced that Hopkins is going to be the number one. And I've always said I like number twos. So I think I could convince that Christian Kirk is a really solid play. I like the offense. I think they're, they're going to score points. And he's fast. He can break over the top, like you said, Mark. So why wouldn't you not want that guy? I like that one, Brad. I was going to say earlier, real quick, I'll say about Christian Kirk. I, I like the aspect of he can beat the guys that are going to be put on him because, you know, they, they have to sink so much uh, – high-end talent on Hopkins and uh, Larry Fitzgerald. And then their speedy, their actual speediest dime corner, he's going to end up on Andy Isabella. So the matchups that Christian Kirk is going to get are going to be sick. So I really like that one, Brad. Right on, man. Yeah, Christian Kirk does have the potential to just uh, tear the roof off when he gets uh, past the DBs there. And he had uh, quite a few big touchdowns last year. Um, is that uh, going to be your breakout, Rich? Are you going to agree with Christian Kirk, or you got uh, somebody else for me? My guy is probably going to be Cam Akers. I, I think he's going to be drafted about, you know, as as the bottom rung of, of starting running backs, and 
I think he'll be better than that. I think he, he can be top 15 this year, uh, given the opportunity. I think he might just win that out. I think you are going to have to be a little patient. Give, if, if you can structure a roster and wait four to six weeks on the guy and then get some really good production on him back half, I, I think he's a good player. Right on, man. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll go up to Seattle, man. Um, I just think uh, DK Metcalf, maybe. Just the size. Uh, I did see a lot of plays from him that I liked. A lot of penalties, a lot of mistakes. I'm kind of banking on him cleaning that up and taking a nice little uh, sophomore jump. And I do think he's a talented, skilled guy and a big guy out there. So, you know, he, he could go up and get the ball over just about anybody. So i like to see that. He seemed like he had trouble catching the ball, too, at times. So that's the other thing I worry about. Uh, a lot of rookie issues with him. There were times he looked like a rookie, and there were times when he looked pretty good to me. So uh, that's what I'm saying. Maybe his sophomore year he'll take a couple steps forward and uh, clean some of that up. Yep. Right off, fellas. Maybe not a couple steps back. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Well, we're not going backwards. We are plowing forward. And If this was WWE, he would be the number one wide receiver. <laughs> DK lifts a lots of weight, man. Those pictures and like videos of DK, though, man, he's yeah. he's crazy. He's crazy <laughs> he is, big. He really <laughs> yeah, he could definitely uh, overpower just about anybody they put on him. I don't think that'd be a question. So. Yeah, if he threw a stiff arm, I'd definitely pay money to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Break some guy's neck. Uh, no shit, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, like I said, uh, we ain't going backwards. We ain't kicking it into reverse. We're going forwards, and uh, that's what we're gonna do with the podcast. So. We have uh, completed our long, strange road trip. The van managed to not break down too many times, uh, and we wheeled it back into Arizona. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it feels good. We had that oil leak. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of smoking out of the back. Uh, you know, the water pump blew one time. Yeah. You ran out of yeah, gas twice. We, we got it, man. We got home. We had duct tape, well, man. We, we did made make it. it home, so we are here and uh, – yeah, smoked all. a lot of weed. Duct tape will fix any joint. <laughs> At points, it was like, is the van smoking or are we just smoking so much that it's coming out of the van? I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes. It was both. <laughs> no, man. Uh, that was. It, it's been fun. And uh, for the for the listeners and the fans out there, we just got want to fill you guys in. You know, we're gonna get some more content out there for you guys soon. Crank out some draft prep, some auction draft uh, nuggets and knowledge for you guys to chew on. Uh, we're planning on doing and that. some strategy yeah some strategy for sure some strategy sessions just go over the different uh, uh like i said uh to the listeners i mean brad and rich these guys are my fantasy experts their fantasy minds work in uh mysterious ways and often successful ways when it comes to uh you know crafting your fantasy rosters so yeah you guys are going to want to tune into that other than that guys yeah we're just going to keep cracking away at the socials uh trying to spread the word and you know, to the listeners, we appreciate it if you also spread the word. So uh, thanks again to you guys for accompanying us. Like, follow, subscribe. And for our listeners out there that are going to try this auction draft for the very first time, you know, it's a little scary, you know. You're in uh, uncharted waters. But just think of us as your captains. <laughs> and we're going to lead you. We're going to lead you down this, this path, you know. You will be successful. <laughs> It's true though. Man. I love it. Yeah. We're the captains. Hop on board and we will guide the way. Yeah, and but Brad is right. You're safe with us. Change is always hard. Uh there's a lot of leagues out there that still do snake drafts. And you know, yeah, all we could recommend is the first step to craft twenty twenty guys. Yeah, to crafting a let's, great let's league go. would be to uh incorporate the auction draft. And I think uh, ESPN.com has a pretty good interface for when we're drafting. Uh it's you know, we're used to it. So it is it takes some getting used to the first time you do it, but uh, once you make that change, guys, you ain't going back. Trust us. Yeah, man. I like sitting around in the circle. I think that's kind of cool. Like that concept of like 
we're sitting around smoking weed in the circle, just getting stoned and hanging yep. out. And talking our fantasy, man. That's what we're here to do. So, well, fellas, we're going to sign off here, but uh, it's been good times and glad we all made it home in one piece. So, yeah, we're uh, look for us uh, on the OFP, on the Organic Football Podcast. We will be back soon with uh, some more content, some more episodes for you guys. Uh, you know, maybe go back through the back catalog if you haven't listened to them all and check in on your division. And, you know, some of them were a little bit uh, earlier in our process. We were just uh, getting off the launch pad. But, you know, you still might be able to uh, glean some of that actionable uh, fantasy intelligence out of that. So appreciate all the listeners. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah, and don't forget, guys, hit that subscribe button. And if some of you guys are listening out there on podcasts, you know, on your Apple device, don't forget we're on Facebook. Yeah, post some hilarious memes on our stuff, yeah. Yeah, I'd also say real quick, if, if you've got the time while you're in there, uh, if you could give us a rating, uh, that'd be great, five-star, if you could do that. I mean, if, if you're not, then... Yeah, and if, if you think it's a four or less, why don't you email us, and we'll try and convince you it's a five before you give us a lower rating. Yeah. <laughs> we'll convince you we're worth it, guys. Give us some constructive criticisms. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll bring you guys on. Maybe we'll do a special segment just for you, Mr. Three Star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll quiz you. Make sure yeah. you did. You listen to all eight episodes, guys, and you want you wanna you wanna give us a four star rating? <laughs> well, here's my recommendation. Listen some more. And then maybe we'll kick it up to five. Just keep listening. Give us a chance. So <laughs> all right, fellas. Uh I guess that wraps it up. Any parting yeah. parting thoughts, uh, <laughs> parting comments? Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl. What are we going with? Is the Kool-Aid that strong? I think it's pretty strong, but it's just not that strong. I don't know. I would love them to win the Super Bowl, but the fourth best team in the NFC. I, I, I'd love to see it, but I, I think they could push for a playoff spot. Push and hopefully get to a playoff spot. I think they're that team that's sitting 7-8-9 and hoping to get into that seven slot with the, with the playoffs changing this year. So hopefully they get there. I, I would love to see them in the playoffs. All right, we have uh, given our shout-outs and our thank-yous. We have taken our medicine, and we have talked our fantasy football. So, uh, mission accomplished. So, uh, all that's left to do is shut this shit down. So, hey, I hope you guys keep coming back. And look for us next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Late. I know a lot of hippies can get on board with this.